0: The time is it? Eight
1: thirty. Well, welcome to a special playoff edition of the Livingston Experience, and it's a very anti-Cliff Livingston uh, experience for me at the moment. As I, I feel like Scott Skiles, the coach coming in and just dampening Chris, Chris Cliff Levingston's enthusiasm uh, at the moment after watching uh, my beloved Spurs lose in the play today. But uh, even beyond that, there's and I'm going to get into it in a moment, just uh, how disappointing the overall season has been. But uh, what, what's your feeling sort of heading into the playoffs and, and, and how do you feel about the play-in games? Uh, what you caught them so far?
0: Yeah, the playoffs have felt like I guess this season, more than any, has felt like we had seven two games of preseason days. So it's a little bit of relief that we can finally watch some playoff basketball, which is completely contrarian. It's a bizarre world to the Levinson experience, isn't it? Where we've, you know, pretty much spent the last couple of years talking about right the highlights and the and the subtext and the and the great stories and you know the love of the game sort of stuff and. I'll be honest. I think perhaps just the the seasons—it's just sort of set in, and I'm I'm absolutely ready for the playoffs. But as a, we're all ready, right? We're finally kind of ready. But then I put on my Bucks fan hat, and I probably again—it's kind of nice to be the underdog and just have a take a breath from having the weight of expectations. And so there's probably you know um, emotional hedging for Bucks land, which is yeah we get bounced again, you will know, probably fire a bunch of people and you know, off we go. And yeah, we haven't, this happens to us every, every two to five years. So it would kind of be a giant sad face shrug emoji. And if we win yeah, all upside, but expectations are very moderated in, in Bucksland as so. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's my two feelings. And I think there's the, um, what I was going through in my own head is kind of the entertainment rankings there's just so many players and so many teams I just have no interest in watching, right? I have no interest in watching LeBron, Bleep and James, and the and the sycophantic Lakers. I have no interest in watching the insufferable Nets and the children on that team pretend to be important. I have no interest in watching um franchise wrecking um martyr Kawhi Leonard mm. and that team play. I just have no interest in in the top teams, Daz like if I could wave a magic wand and have some combination of, but I'll be honest, at least the Sixers would be entertaining. Some combination of Bucks, Sixers, Jazz, Suns, Nuggets. If I knew that would be a Finals, now you've, you know. So I guess there's a glimmer of hope there, Daz. There's a, that's probably where I'm. Just my energies are towards the players who we love to watch: the Jokic's, the Giannis's, the the Chris Pauls, you know, the. The system, the Joe Ingles jazz, jazz, you know, um, so that's kind of my overall feelings is that I'm ready for the playoffs. Bucks emotions are hedged, and I'm not, I'm not very optimistic. But there's a glimmer of hope for joy in the finals this year.
1: Well, I mean, that's... you're going to have to talk me off the ledge in terms of of trying to get excited for anything almost in those playoffs because okay, I right. think it's. Uh, and again I'm being very anti Cliff Levingston tonight, but I think that that was the worst regular season that I can remember. Certainly since I got league pass in, in twenty eleven. And I, I would have to be really scratching my head to go back and think of a worse regular season, probably the lockout season, which coincidentally was the Spurs' first championship season. But that was that was horrific basketball. This year sort of felt the same. I mean it was it kind of went like the Spurs, I mean, even from my, put my Spurs hat on for two seconds and then take it off. But the Spurs started the season really well and were actually looking like maybe pushing for a sort of four or five seed in the West and then got hit with COVID and were given just a ridiculous second half schedule, 40 games in 68 days, which they never, you know, it was a game every other day and it just got too much for them in the end and, and they sort of never quite recovered from that. But even then take your Spurs hat off and you say, well, hang on, the Charlotte Hornets are really exciting to watch and they're pushing up for a 4-5 seed in the East. Well, let's adopt the Hornets for a bit. Well, what happens to the Hornets? Gordon Hayward goes down. LaMelo Ball goes down. Then LaMelo comes back. I don't think he was fully healthy. Probably, sh- I think he only came back really to so-up Rookie of the Year. I don't think he really should have come back, and a few other players sort of hit the wall there, so they had a, a you know a very poor end to the season, which you know coincided with that horrific performance uh, in the in the playing game. Then you think, well, the Nuggets are coming back. Look at Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's back to his bubble form, or Aaron Gordon's been traded there. The Nuggets look good. This is a true contender now. Then Jamal Murray does his knee, right? Then we lose. Donovan Mitchell. Then we lose LeBron and AD. Then you've got one of the top players in the league just literally goes to the arena night tonight and then decides whether he's going to play or not. I mean, just as an aside, is there any sport in the world, other than probably Nick Kyrgios in tennis, where a guy just turns up night tonight and decides, oh, well, oh, do I feel like playing tonight, yes or no? Can you think of another sport or another player that does what Kawhi Leonard does? in the NBA because I can't.
0: Daz, you're not going to get me to talk you off the ledge on this one. You know how I've been. I was, I've been violently anti rest. I've been violently skeptical of, of the data that suggests, right. Something differently. So you, you're not going to get me to talk you off the ledge on that one. Daz, there's no question about it. Daz, hang on.
1: The, The ball bounced around five times and went in against Philly. So that proves that rest works.
0: Yeah, and Fred VanVleet didn't miss a three-pointer for three games. Therefore, Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the planet. <laughs> oh. right, so it, the culture. There's there's a broader conversation here, which we'll perhaps reflect on over the off season. Which is the this generation of players are masters at a few different things, right? What LeBron has created, I think LeBron largely has created. I'll give. Let's just for simplicity say he's created this culture right, which in many ways is powerful, right, the empowerment, but the obsession with personal brand, the obsession with Twitter followers, the obsession with self-promotion, the obsession and the self-congratulation, the obsession with self-preservation, right, is absolutely flying in the face of the fabric of competition, right, and it's going to get framed falsely in old school versus new school, Hmm. old fashioned thinking, Shaq and, and Barkley versus, you know, what, you know, how the players are, you know, actually feeling and and the the pressures they have today, it's going to get framed that way. And it's, it's completely false. Right. And so I'm, I'm 100% with you that it's, it's, it's ruin ruining is a strong word. It's having an impact on the product. Right? Which is why you and I began, we go, this is having an impact on the product. The lack of pride, the lack of uh, the desire to do hard work, like the Kevin Durant poster child for, I couldn't be bothered to work hard. So I'd rather just not work hard and get all kinds of trophies. Congratulations, you've done that, right? That lack of work ethic and pride has made us seek out the joy, hasn't it? That's why we're mm-hmm. celebrating LaMelo Ball's underhand passes or Jokic's playing every single game, every single night, or the fact that 37 year old Chris Paul can lift up an entire franchise. You know, that, that's what's kind of led us to flip to Levinson experience in a way, Des, but on that scale, that balance, I'm with you. I'm fully with you on that balance of the, the superstars, the probability of championships, the amount of press we see, the number of tweets, you know, just the entire dialogue around the NBA and that left-hand side of the ledger, is far outweighs this right-hand side, which is the celebrating Gobert's greatness and Giannis's purity and Jokic's masterful play. Right? It, it's you're you're right. That those scales are are absolutely tipped in favor of the I don't want to be coached. I want to play with my pals. I'm going to show up whenever I want to show up mentality. Well, it, it mentality. it's a so sad
1: I, fact, I think, that there's a lot of... Uh, unlikable might be too strong a word, but cer-
0: certainly players that are hard to root for. Let, let's put that Hard way. to respect. I'll put the words in your mouth. Hard to respect, Yeah, right? Easy to admire Kevin Durant's skill. V- v- almost impossible to respect the man for his choices, for his, you know, uh, well, James his Harden lack of competitive I mean, fire. The way
1: James Harden carried on at the start of the season... How can you respect that guy as much as you admire what he did and the way he played when he got to Brooklyn? You you can't respect the way he just shit all over the Houston franchise, given the way they bent over backwards for him. Um, you know, and and even the way some of these guys are sort of playing the game, uh, the Doncic's and the Trey Youngs that they're coming through—it's just it's antithetical to everything that I love about the game of basketball. It's you know, it's it's not an individual game. It's it's a team game where individuals can rise up uh, within the team environment, but it, it's still ultimately a team game at the end of the day. And and to see five players come together and eight players, as it, as it might be across a championship roster, come together like you know the twenty fourteen Spurs or the 2000 and, uh, 2004 Pistons and and teams like that over the over the course of the NBA. I just think we're losing that more and more as we're going towards this sort of worship of the individual uh, across the league. Um,
0: the worship of the individual and comparison culture, Daz, it's it's, it's obsession with sizing one up against each other, the obsession mm-hmm. with comparing LeBron to Jordan, to comparing Anthony Davis to Giannis, this obsession of comparing Luca, it's just obsession with comparison. Right, and that obsession is not only, I think, unhealthy, right? Comparison's a thief of joy, as the old phrase goes, but then it's also just fraught with bias and just dumb, ill informed analysis. Where I, you've heard me bang on, I know you're with me on this one, which is the instant Anthony Davis becomes a sidekick, he loses every right to be compared to Luca or to Giannis. You lose that right to be Mm -hmm. compared, and but yet, how. How that is ignored, I find so maddening. Daz, to say if you can't accept just how easy his job got, playing next to LeBron James as a as making completely right void any argument you have when you are engaged in comparison, you just you just lose me, mm. right? And so that's for, for I probably find you and I right people like us, you know, uh, we can I think we can still critically analyze the sport, right? And I go, there's not, we are becoming fewer and fewer in number. And I think that's, that's probably the challenge we have with trying to find, going back to your very, your point is the, you said this was one of the most unenjoyable regular seasons you've had in a long time. I think because the, this season was built just to promote this season was not about a fan experience. Clearly Mm. it was this rushed race. We all knew, but the wins and losses would be highly variable. You said it from day one, the greatest competitive advantage will be COVID luck this year. And that proved to be a pretty big deal. right? Mm. Like it's certainly not the only reason, but Boston was ravaged by COVID this year, right? They've had guys and in, in and out and protocols here and there. And I'm far from one to make excuses for, for the, for the Celtics. But man, that, that team, I think this last I heard had lost the most man days to COVID, if I'm not mistaken, mm. So um, from that perspective, um, I'm with you. The season was, when it's unpredictable and you just don't know who's showing up for COVID reasons or, as you point out, because the players don't feel like it, that takes away a lot. Mm. Um, but you're, you're spot on, though. That The season was, it seemed to start out much more enjoyable, right? I think it was the, oh, my God, we made it through COVID. Oh, my God, the bubble just finished. Oh, my God. Like just the fascination with what the hell is going to happen. And then I think LaMelo and DeAndre Hunter, and there was a number of, right, I'm probably forgetting back in the early part of the season, a number of players going, holy shit, this is pretty interesting. Mm. Um, but that wore off as the season wore on, didn't it? Players, the team, well, it did, the and there, there were massive. Yeah. There
1: were there were key injuries, which I touched injuries, on, before, yeah. which hurt some of the more yeah. entertaining teams. Let, let's look, though, Daz What what was enjoyable about the season? I guess let's let's bring Cliff back into it a bit. Sure. By, I think we have. Could I make the argument that Jokic is one of the most entertaining MVP seasons that we've ever seen? I mean, it's certainly one of the most unique games that we've ever seen from a player. I mean, and I and I said this. If on an earlier pod, but I think if Abdu Sabonis, we had have seen the 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 peak of his career. I think it would have looked something similar to Jokic, but I think Jokic might be even a little bit better than that. I mean, we just have not and to see the big man come back in when we've we've spent the last ten years saying the big man's dead, and we've had a genuine MVP race between two big men in Joel Embiid and. Uh, Nikola Jokic, and I think Jokic is going to pivot him at the post because Embiid, partly because Embiid got injured, but I thought Jokic was just that little bit better overall anyway um, between the two. But how do you rate Jokic's MVP season from just the sheer entertainment value and I guess a uniqueness and a, of a value on top of that?
0: It, stylistically, obviously extraordinarily different. But very similar to Giannis's first one, Daz, wasn't it? Which is this European star, or not even star, European player, had no pedigree, right? Didn't even have the Davidson, you know, NCAA run the way Steph had, you know, has no pedigree, you know, in the American sports psyche. And this, uh, a late, you know, Giannis was at number 15, Jokic number 31, 41 draft pick, right? Just no expectation to have this steady, meteoric rise to stardom. And to take you know small market, relatively small market franchise, and put him on his entire shoulders—that's a fucking great story, right? That's just a that's just a great. It's a fascinating human story. It's fascinating from a just a basketball development perspective. And then just to 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 completely get every every ounce of attention, right? Jokic didn't get it to later in the year. Mm. You're right, but I think by the year, bang on. By the end of the year, you're not going to find many riders. It's going to—it's not going to be unanimous. But I think this is going to be a, a pretty big landslide MVP. Similarly with Giannis, right? It was not—I'm not mistaken. One of them, yeah, his first one was landslide, wasn't it? Which is like this man has arrived in his mid 20s is going to almost clearly universally win an MVP when the league is still full of players like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and LeBron James and so on and so forth. And coming after, we had that you know we're lost in the woods with Harden and Westbrook winning their MVPs there in the mid, you know the mid 2010s. Yeah, so um, it's that's what it's felt like this this anointing of the the dawn of a new star for a new type of player, and it's absolutely wonderful, Daz. It's wonderful. And again, similar similarly to the Shaq-sized Giannis who can dribble and and pass and truck everyone so um, well it's a great
1: story i mean if you've heard the story about harry was when he was first scouted by the nuggets what happened was they all went to watch clint capella play in one of the euro that's it might have been right like a, a euro league scrimmage of all those europeans and they said there's this pudgy serbian guy that's just absolutely torching capella And they said most of the scouts just went away from that thinking, well, Capella's not as good as we thought he was, right? Whereas the Denver Nuggets guys were like, who's this guy that's torching Capella? Because we trust our scouts and our information on Capella that he's a pretty good prospect. And he's just been absolutely lit up by this guy. And of course, that's when they started to do some research and and look closer at Jokic and ended up drafting him. Um, so it's a, it's it's actually a really good story for, from Denver's point of view about how they found him and then how they developed him from that point onwards, including sort of bringing his family over and all sorts of things like that to just make him feel comfortable uh, and and make sure that he was you know doing the things that he needed to do uh, to to be the best player he could be. so, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful story, yeah. I think, and it's been a wonderful thing to watch. It was just such a shame that Jamal Murray went down because I think they were a genuine uh, title contender. I mean, I still think they're sort of a quasi-contender. I think people are writing them off maybe a little bit too much because who knows just how much Jokic is going to bring to the playoffs. Uh, But um, I I do think, you know, with with Murray there, they were one of the sort of, you know, top two or three teams that could have won the title
0: if you don't mind my stringing that bowl a bit further is that I just think, you know, to your point as I go, um, what made the season enjoyable was, you know, kind of the revival of call it the artist, the artistry on the court. And that's, that's Jokic and LaMelo ball. And LaMelo didn't play that many games in the end with that injury, but right. Can you think of two, am I missing somebody like the players whose highlight reels are more fascinating besides perhaps a compasso every now and again, For kind of something completely bonkers, but uh, that for me was again. Uh, again, if if Kyrie would just keep his mouth shut, he's you know Kyrie can still handle the ball like no one we've probably ever seen since bloody I don't know Pistol Pete Maravich or something. But Jokic and Lamelo bringing the artistry back to the league, Daz. Well, you know, I'll tell I you think... who else is bringing the artistry every now,
1: and that's Chris Paul. Uh, and what Chris Paul and Monty Williams did. In Phoenix, that's another massive, massive positive, positive. Uh, and I'll we'll get onto the plafts in a moment. But I, I think I'll get you excited about the playoffs just talking about that that Lakers Suns matchup. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you on board with that, Daz. But it, it must have been a joy for you as a long time Chris Paul fan, as a sort of uh, the Suns being your adopted Western Conference team to see that yeah. that team rise back up and sort of go, wow, this is and and, and a really good front office job too. Like the, the front officers criticized yeah. so much, yeah. rightfully so in Phoenix. But their drafting's been spot on. Cam Johnson we've spoken about a number of times, McCall Bridges, who Philly gave away for nothing for a guy that's not even there anymore. A lot of people forget that. Um, you know what what they did. You down... go up
0: and down that roster the way they've put those puzzle pieces together, Daz. It's bang on, you know. Even, you know, rat bag tenth players that were cut like Kaminsky played a nice role right Saric played a lot of five they you know swiped away Tory Craig for nothing from the Bucks who played you know a good role mm. right Cameron Payne we've talked about a number of times Aiton who's also you know didn't have the counting stats but by every measure just became a headier player as you'd expect so you're you're bang on so n- maybe not the artistry but I'd say he talk about he'd be the science if you know yeah. Jokic and Lamello are the artists, you know, Chris Paul is the, he's the Einstein, right? He's working out, he's re- repeating habits and testing, testing every, um, well, it's a, every the, the angle, big thing every with, spot. With Chris yeah.
1: Paul being there, no one's going to cut corners, right? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's and what didn't. you see with, with Aiton. Everyone knows where to be on the court. Everyone knows what, what you need to do to succeed. And Chris Paul's going to make sure you do it. Right. And, why I love, why I'm excited about this lakers Phoenix series, I think Phoenix on going to boot the Lakers, Daz. I don't know how confident you are in saying that. And I'll tell you why. Chris Paul, if you look back through Chris Paul's playoff career and everyone talks about the playoff failures, you actually break it down. Chris Paul has thrived as an underdog in the playoffs and he's sucked as a favourite, mm. right? Mm. Right, go right through the failures and the successes such as he's had successes. When he's had successes, go right back to when he was at New Orleans and he took the Spurs to seven games when they were still the Spurs, you know, in that sort of mid to, I think it was 6 when they took him to seven games. Beat the Spurs with the Clippers. And then in the very next round when they were favourites, they fell over against Houston. Pushed that Golden state team with Kevin Durant to seven games and, of course, hurt his hamstring. The next year when Golden State got the injuries and they were favourites, what happened? Chris Paul didn't show up, right? So I mm. think he's going to be sitting back. I think he's going to be rubbing his hands here. He's going to love the fact that they've got LeBron. I, look, I'll tell you now, Phoenix weren't, weren't sitting there like the Clippers and running a million miles from trying to happen to pl- face the Lakers in the playoffs, right? Phoenix are like, bring it on. We're ready for those
0: guys. Um, and that's, you know. They're not going to be afraid. I think it's the common, I think the very obvious advantage, which is if you have an answer to it, I'd love to hear it. But Phoenix are tiny. LA is enormous. Well, so is, so is Golden State.
1: And they, they struggle to boot Golden State today. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anthony Davis doesn't, play like a big, like a big guy in, in a lot of games, right? Sometimes he does, certainly today, he was sort of in and out at times. It, it kind of felt today like go and stay to get ahead. Mm. LeBron and do roll their eyes and say, oh, we've got to bring him back again. And sort of, they, they do a bit, bring him back in and it would be even. And then Steffa did a few shots and, that, and you just sort of always felt the Lakers would eventually, eventually hit that last shot and, and they'd get away with it. But, I think I just think sometimes Lakers don't play as big as they are, if you, if, that, if that makes sense. And I think they sort of get in love with we're going to stand outside and sort of shoot those outside jumpers all the yeah, time. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's a good argument. And you know, Chris Paul's going to Chris Paul's going to have everyone in, again in the right spots. And you know, if it was so easy to bully this this team around in the Western Conference with size, well. Yeah, you know, all the top teams Wouldn't in the have West. Happened. Exactly, yeah. it would have happened already, right? But yeah, they were they were very competitive um, against the other top teams in the Western Conference. Now you can't take too much out of the the games they have played against the Lakers thus far, because I think a couple of them were earlier in the season from memory. But I'm not as convinced that the Lakers side. I don't think LeBron's hundred percent. You know, I'm, I'm sure he'll get over that devastating eye injury that he copped today in the playing game, does, But I'm I'm just not convinced that either him or Adair are quite op- operating at 100%. I think if you're going to get the Lakers, you're probably better off getting them now while they're still coming back in. They were very risky today you. and very shaky. Yeah, they, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised. I think if, if Fernies come out, excuse me, they could come out and punch him in the mouth in the first two games. This one could be 2-0 up and they're going back to L.A., and then it's going to be like, okay, the pressure's all now back on the Lakers uh, rather than What's
0: interesting about what you just said about today, and we were texting back and forth, is that I didn't watch, so you have to tell me, but um, what I heard a lot from Dieter Kurtenbach, who covers a guy I follow who covers the the Warriors, and I've heard Andrew Sharp and both Danny LaRue talk about it, that um, how Andrew Wiggins has become... Uh, more than a competent defender yeah and um without analyzing the game today to your to your point is you know who is a really competent defender is mikhail bridges Mm. who's long he's wiry he's strong and I know there's a guy who can again against 36 year old lebron he's not going to let lebron get wherever he wants to right so if that is the case if you can defend lebron one-on-one and make it passing lanes cloudy, you know, make him pick up his dribble, um, and you start to clog that offense. Now I'm now I'm with you, Daz. That's when that size gets neutralized. That ball is whipping around, and they're, they got space to be crashing the offensive boards. That's where I think you're going to see the, you know, the, the Suns wilt on defense. But that's what I think is the critical, critical. If you can make LeBron pick up his dribble, not get to his spots, make it difficult for him to to initiate. Um, they're not gonna do much in transition anyway, it's all gonna be in the half court. That could be am I wrong, that could be your key to success. Well that, that is you're going to get need, the ball from, out of his
1: hands. From the Lakers point of view, you're gonna need A.D. to play big, right? He's gonna to have to play as the big guy. Drummond, I don't know how long Drummond can stay on the court. I mean, yes Drummond might hurt him on the boards at one end, but they're gonna be you, you think Chris Paul's not going to put him in the pick and roll and pick and roll him to death. At the other end, I mean, I saw what he did to Brook Lopez in the Bucks game. Oh, I'll take
0: Aiton uh, nine out of ten possessions against Drummond backpedaling. Oh, or switching! Just, uh, what he did, he he uh, slick. He's got well, good what touch. What Paul and Aiton
1: did to Brook Lopez was just damn right unfair, right? And <laughs> and Lopez, I would back as a better sort of defender in those situations than what Drummond's going to be. Um, yeah, which I don't sure. think's unfair. So, and I think you know Gasol's beyond washed up at this stage and that was the thing about Dwight Howard last year like at least he could be active and he could sort of put himself in the right spots when and and you're not going to necessarily pick and roll Dwight Howard to death because he's mobile enough still um to get in the right spots and he really hurt Denver um you know on the boards and and down low I'm not sure Drummond's going to be able to do the same thing I think they're sort of picturing Drummond as being this sort of Dwight Howard 2.0 from what they got from Dwight last year, I just don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. So, and, and again, I think the Lakers are very vulnerable at the moment. I don't think they're going to be necessarily as vulnerable in round two and round three if they get past Phoenix, but I think from what I saw today and what we saw sort of towards the back end of the regular season, this team is really um, vulnerable and also, I think, T- looking a little bit tired because it is, it, you know, it's mm. it's very difficult coming back from injury and you're straight in to these massive games. Um, so if if particularly if Phoenix can get those first two and stretch out this series, a long series doesn't suit the Lakers by any stretch of the imagination. So um, I'm I'm quietly confident. I'll, I'm tipping Phoenix um, with some. Well, I'd love to see honest, it. I'd love to see it. First round.
0: So yeah. So. So you you know you're making my point right that's going to be an entertaining highly entertaining either for your the LeBron sick fans or you know you you know a lot of people are very anti LeBron and it's going to be easy to pull for the Suns right so you're going to have i think a lot of people clued in on that series so that's going mm-hmm. to be a bloody entertaining series and that's not going to be a short series that's going to go that's going to go 6-7 don't you think though? I, I don't see this I Phoenix think it could pie. be a
1: short series in, in Phoenix's favour I really do because oh, well I guarantee you this if it goes 3-0 LeBron will fake an injury and it'll be, he'll be out Yeah, and there's no yeah. question in my mind about that I, I think if fees are going to win, though, I think they're going to win those first two home games. You know, they. That's can't I'm with those. you. That, that's
0: it. And yeah. if
1: they get the first two home games, then it's going to be like, okay, let's see what the Lakers do because I'm not. This team's not as together as I mean. You know, today, for example, you know, it's a it's a one possession game with two and a half minutes left, and I think the Lakers went three possessions in a row and LeBron didn't touch the ball, right? Because Schroeder mm. thinks I've got this well, you, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> need LeBron. So, sure, to, to be fair, we hit one shot and missed another two. But it's like uh, if LeBron James, no touching
0: the ball, you know, huh? in those That's situations. That's an interesting point. That's what, an interesting sort of, point. We you know, don't... And,
1: and this is a team that just hasn't been in big games and in big moments before uh, because it is, it is very much a different team in terms of the personnel around AD and LeBron mm. than what it was yeah. last
0: year. Is everyone pulling in the same direction in LA, I think is a fair question, right? You've got Marcus Saul who's vocally and visibly pissed off about getting relegated to the bench, hmm. right? You've got, just as your point, Dennis Schroeder has made it very, very clear, right, that the only way he's going to give max effort this year is if he starts and plays like a starting point guard, is a starting point guard, so he can go try to chase starting point guard money in the offseason, right? So... Well, point, he ended eh? up getting benched for Caruso. Is Shooter going to make the extra pass? What's that?
1: He ended up getting benched for Caruso after the little run that I just yeah, mentioned. There you go. You, so. See,
0: get <laughs> yeah, some Jr. Smith in him. You know, he just can't really be doing that. So that uh, could be pushing it a little bit there. But you know, that's where that's where you have to start to wonder if you got tired and you know nerves are frayed and LeBron's doing his antics the way he does. You know, that's not exactly... Perhaps that might not be as unified a team as, as you'd expect. So, um, that should be entertaining. Des, come on! So there you go. Everybody, you've, you've come around. I've come around on that year. series. So there uh, That's got, going to be entertaining.
1: There's another game. So the 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 playing tournament, which I'm not a fan of, uh, and we we sort of spoke about that off here. So we we won't go back into that. Um, and get too negative again. But the really poor games in the Eastern Conference. We do have another game tomorrow Indiana against Washington. Um, I think most people expect Washington to win that, but by G, Washington were awful against Boston uh, in that first game um, in the play in. So I'm
0: not. What do you think. I, did I'm they tank a play in game? <laughs> like, did they want to face Philly? Like, uh, you just. I don't know. Des, I have No that, idea. That, I have no that, idea. Yeah. It you, was inexplicable. You were going to say the same thing. It was inexplicable. Yeah. It's like it, the effort, the execution, the hustle. The, the they haven't played defense in two seasons, but so you expected that. But that was that was something else, Des. Uh, and then, so
1: the, I have no idea what's going to happen there. I, I don't I even assume have words for
0: how Washington bad will steady that
1: war. and potentially yeah. win. But I mean, Charlotte was so bad. They made Doug McDermott look like Larry Bird's second coming. Um, they were just running on fumes. They got off to a bad start and never, never recovered.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: the Spurs, similarly, running on fumes. At least the Spurs uh, played it out and, and actually came back and took the lead. In, in the fourth quarter. They didn't. Uh, they against, actually took the lead. They took the lead. Oh. Uh, and then just, you know, just short-arming shots the whole game, though. And and oh. they spoke to Becky Hammond after the game, and she just said, look, the guys are just out on their feet. And she said that's what the the poor mean they shot 33% from the field today. Um, oh, right. and she said they they got no legs yeah. she said we're sitting shooting the videos every day they're just got no legs they're under them when they're shooting yeah. um, but they you know, played it out and uh, look it, w- it was a fun season at different times for the Spurs but the, they just as I said earlier didn't recover from the COVID setback I, I like the Grizzlies chances of being in this Warriors team and um, I- I- I'd love to see the Grizzlies sneak into the, the-, the playoffs because look as great as Steph's been and as great
0: a story as it's been they're just not the get Absolutely wiped by Utah. They will get, they'll they'll get, ab, get smoked. Their defense will just be so exposed. Yeah. Which I
1: mean the Grizzlies yeah. probably will as well, but at least you're gonna look at it and say, Well, let's let's try and project what the Grizzlies are gonna look like in four or five years' time. Maybe we get to see a, a, a playoff series and hopefully a couple of competitive games in their home portion of that series. Um, where you see Jar, you know, gets get some playoff reps uh, Triple J, get some playoff reps, etc. Yeah,
0: Triple J. You know he's he's played a few. He's back. He's, he's back. He didn't look great today, okay. but he's
1: at least at least yeah. he was out there. I mean, this right. was the guy that killed the Spurs today. Um, but I mean, Dylan Brooks played well. Slamo Anderson. Look, it, it was the ninth and tenth best teams in the Western Conference. Yes, yeah. yeah. you know, they're probably fourth and fifth best in the Eastern Conference, but the ninth and tenth of the Western Conference. And um, that—that's certainly how the game. Yeah. It wasn't a high-quality game, but well done to, to Memphis. So, and I think there is a sneaky chance. I, I'd be picking them to beat, uh, Golden State in in the second game because I think that took a lot out of Golden State today too to to push
0: the Lakers the way they did, and for sure. Yeah, what's I was just having a quick look at the Golden State's draft assets. They're sitting pretty good. So they're going to get. They get the Minnesota pick well, as long as that pick isn't top three, picks. which is... Well, yeah, they got a seventy-five
1: percent chance.
0: Oh, uh, 63%. Oh, oh you're right. It is more than that. No, it's no, only top it's three 70, protected. you percent right. chance. You're no. right. 70-some percent chance to keep it. Which and then they get were, their just own... quickly on that. People criticized mm-hmm.
1: Minnesota for that because they ended up winning a number of games towards the end of the season. And it was like, I don't actually mind that for Minnesota because, it's, look, you're giving them the pick at some stage anyway. Why not just get it out of the way, particularly when when high school has come into the draft in twenty twenty two and it's going to be a much more stacked draft. Just well, get that out of the way, give it to them this okay. year, and say Let, let's move on with it. I, rather I hear than you. Just keep kicking the can down the road. I
0: hear you, and I think that's a fair perspective after the season. But as the saying goes, coaches don't tank, right? That Chris Finch and the way Anthony Edwards was coming on, and um, oh, who's the young guy in Minnesota? Well, talents. Um, blank Not towns. Who's the um, Jordan like players like Jordan McLaughlin and Jaden McDaniels? Like they've got they get guys who are playing. These guys were balling at the end of the season, Daz. So I'm not going to criticize at all a team, a bunch of young guys who are out there running around, and playing hard, and destroying Orlando and Detroit, and you know, and running Dallas off the court. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's not why they lost their pick. They just got young guys and a young you know first season coach just trying to play hard through the, through the wire. So that's just one of those where that's just that's just life, I think. Yeah, you're right. There's, I think that's perspective because I think it's unprotected next year, but it's not like they failed in their tank, right? This is just young guys playing hard.
1: Well, they're going to stink again next year, whether they get a good draft pick this year or not. So to me, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, look, not that I say well, it was a good thing or a bad thing. I just, I wouldn't criticize it for it, put it that way. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's what else? So right. let, let's look quickly. Western Conference. What else have we got to look forward to? I'm not looking for I'm not going to watch a minute of Clippers. Mavs. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't. No, that's not I interesting at all. Care less. The Jazz. If it's Jazz Grizzlies, you, you'll suck me into a couple of games there. I think, um, particularly if, if they get close. But I'm, I'm, I'd be really even interested to see how the Grizz go at home in, in those two games there.
0: Just to watch Jokic, but I think Denver will they'll destroy. Portland's defense is so bad and Portland's defense just seems to be permanently broken no matter who they bring in there. And so I just have no interest in watching, to be honest, Denver versus Portland. I guess you could kind of say this is a study in contrast and, you know, um, know, the Portland backcourt versus the, you know, the Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic, you know, frontcourt trucking, I don't know, Nurkic and Carmelo Anthony, but I don't have interest in Denver-Portland, do you? That Denver and five, right? Am I crazy? I would
1: think Denver's going to win that pretty comfortably. Yeah, oh, I think, they're, I think they're going Portland to score 135 have, a night. Yeah. yeah, I think Portland will have some some admirers. But I, I think people have been... Look, as I said earlier, I don't think Denver... It's obviously a massive hit to lose Jamal Murray. But um, I wouldn't be writing him off completely. The white, the white people have been.
0: Yeah, baby, you just maybe it's not, you just can't underestimate Dane. Like Portland was hot at the end of the season; they beat a lot of teams. You know, they they won a lot well, of I games. I think they're going to that...
1: be running. I think there's going to be a number of teams that's running very low on fuel, on gas. Yeah, and yeah. we saw it today. We saw it with the Spurs. We saw it with with Charlotte. Um, yeah, well, I think to some extent we're we're seeing it with the Lakers. Although the Lakers are more just. It's more a power-up thing with the Lakers that they're in that low stage where they're sort of trying to, to find something to power up, whereas a lot of these teams have already had their power-up moment and now it's sort of going back down to the low-level low, low level energy. And I think that we saw that with Portland last year. I mean, they got into the playoffs, beat the Lakers in game one and then didn't win another game. So I yeah, they
0: won 10 of their last 12 and, they, and one of those losses was the the phantom you know um devin booker games that's you know? right
1: yeah so, so they
0: the kind of one you know 11 out of 12 effectively if you will so like and just yeah but but to the broader point is that, that 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 series just doesn't interest me daz it just doesn't um and i guess as quote-unquote improved as the east has been you know this year you look at the first round matchups and I mean, it's pretty obvious. The only first-round matchups that's really interesting is Bucks Heat, right? For... Oh, look.
1: I think from an entertainment point of view, uh, I could. I mean, I think who's North... tuning in to watch
0: Nick's, Nick's Hawks? Who? Well,
1: I, I, look, I watched one of those games. Um, the I think it was either an overtime or double overtime yeah. in, in York. Look, I mean, it's entertaining, it's entertaining to an extent. I mean, Bogdanovich. I know it probably hurts Bucks fans to watch Bogdanovich at the moment, but he's been outstanding to watch with,
0: no, with the Hawks.
1: I think there's going to be I think there's going to be some close, high scoring games in that series. It's a shame you don't have the full crowds there to see you know, Madison Square Garden back rocking again in the first round of the playoffs. But I, I, yeah. I could see there being a few nights, where, days where you go, "Well, hang on, this game's you know this is a two point game with five minutes left. I'm going to check out." you know, Hawks-Knicks, and oh, that was a fun one. You know, I think as, as we preview the series, I don't think it's a series you look at and, and get excited though, because neither of those teams going anywhere past when they win in round one. But I think there's going to be some entertaining games individually within that series, as there was with Portland-Denver, if you remember that second round series from a few years ago, where Denver, um, oh sorry, Portland won in seven games and then got swept in the next round. I think it's going to be something similar to that. I think it might be a six, seven game series. That's a bit of fun in the moment, but um, we don't, we don't sort of remember too much uh, as we go on. Quickly on the other ones, I mean, the Nets, Nets Celtics, please, that's going to be a laugher. And, um, you know, whoever Philly get in in the eight seed, I mean, that's, you know, you can't. Does the Jason is Tatum's
0: going to score sixty nine? He's the greatest scorer ever. <laughs> he, 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 he he'll score sixty nine. They'll lose by forty. Exactly.
1: Yeah. He could score sixty. They're not. They're not getting close to the nets.
0: But once they recall a spade of spade, isn't he just tall, Jordan Clarkson? Is that? I mean, he is in a beautiful, beautiful shooter. Right? It's no question. But man, oh man, oh man, he doesn't make anyone better. He doesn't pass. He doesn't look. Doesn't anticipate, it's dribble, dribble, jab, jab, shoot, or back down, back down, shimmy, shimmy, shoot, or he's face like, up, shoot, uh, the he's player just... I'd
1: describe as he's like the what Kobe Bryant's haters would have described Kobe Bryant as, you know. Whereas yeah. Kobe was yeah. much more than the the, the 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 scorer and the ball hog and the didn't have much else to his game. Whereas that that is Tatum, like Tatum's just a scorer, out and out you know an okay defender I don't think he's a sieve or anything defensively but he's not a he's never going to be on an all defensive team
0: either Um, but a beautiful beautiful shooter not a playmaker not a a playmaker yeah it's just not a playmaker not a doesn't set players up yeah well the the
1: Celtics the Celtics are in an interesting spot I mean obviously the COVID's play the factor but you know they've got to look at this roster real seriously now and say this is not a championship roster you know, Jalen Brown had a career year, and they were still sitting there in the what the six, seven seed, even before he got injured. So what? Yeah, what is when this you've roster? got
0: players like they were supposed to be that good. I'm hundred percent with you. And they clearly screwed up their center position. Like you know, that certainly Williams wasn't ready. Clearly, Tice. I think the absence of Tice was was noticeable. Not that he's a difference maker himself. Tristan Thompson didn't work. No. Right. Uh, Marcus Smart hit a ceiling. Peyton Pritchard hit a ceiling. But to, to your bigger point, I think it's a very fair question, which is at some point, do you not need to trade, you know, two nickels in for, you know, for for a quarter? You know, do you trade Smart and Brown? I'm making this up. But that's That's a fair question where at some point you wonder if these two players just don't make each other better, that being Brown and Tatum. I think it's a very fair point. Mm. Um, well, and they're going
1: to get swept, so they're going to have a long opposite. Oh, well, uh, over a gentleman sweep. I, I would imagine in that, in that in that sweep, um, I will. I
0: will eat my hat if boss if B- Brooklyn doesn't average one thirty six in that series. Like it, I. They could score forty points every quarter. Like Brooklyn could score forty every quarter. A hundred and fifty point game wouldn't surprise me. Hmm. Boston's defense is that small. And now especially without Jalen Brown, not terribly athletic. Um, they're not big. right? So anyway, that there's no analysis there. No. But I think the analysis will be you're right. It's the post-mortem on Boston and and does the heat start getting turned up on Stevens? Does the heat get turned up on Danny Ainge to go, oh my gosh, you've had you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and you put all your chips on Al, on Or Horford, then you mm-hmm. put your chips in on Kyrie, then you put all your chips in on Gordon Hayward, then you put your chips in on on Kemba Walker, which has failed, 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 um, still sitting on a couple of great talents, right? No question, but ooh mm. the clock's the clock's ticking in Boston, isn't it? The clock wasn't ticking two years ago. Well,
1: it? I think they've got excuses this year, but I, this is the last year where I think you can you can yeah, say yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll give you a pass on that, yeah. But I think you look at you know, who would you rather have, Terry Rozier or Kemba Walker, at the moment? Well, I know who would have thought, who would have thought, right? Nobody. And that's, that's, I mean, that's unfair. You're right. But uh, you know, it it does show you sometimes you're better off just standing pat with what you have than trying to um, consistently add.
0: Well, and it shows that winning an NBA title is really bleeping hard, Mm. right? If we would have said two years ago, what team is most like, what non Steph Curry, non LeBron James team, right? Let's just put it that way. What non-LeBron, non-Steph Curry team is the best chance to win a title? And you're like, it's Boston with all these young guys and all these assets. And back then, the cat space, and they've made, you know, they've made a fair number of moves. They've not, they've never been able to pull off the Anthony Davis or the Paul George type of type of deal. But man, oh man, oh man, the team that had all those all those opportunities, of kind of. Fizzing him away, and it's similarly if you want to pivot to the number one seed in Philly and the laundry list of mistakes they've made mm. and asset destruction the last couple of years, and to still be a one seed proves just how bloody difficult it is. Which, again, as a Bucks fan, makes kind of feel okay about the cock ups we've had. Is it's just such a bloody, unbelievably hard sport to, how, to navigate through. How yeah.
1: significant do you think it is from a Bucs point of view that they're going to bet to go into a war? Against the heat, and the Sixers and Nets are going to go into an absolute cakewalk uh, of a first round. Or would you prefer a tougher first round series to some extent uh, heading into the second round? I mean, ruster oh rust. Uh,
0: the give, two questions. That's the roster rust question, isn't it? Yeah. Give me yep. the give me the cakewalk, Daz. Give me the cakewalk. This year, I would every, agree. Every Other time. years, I think it's a it's a hurt hindrance. I think this year is is giving me the cakewalk. That being said, you ask Bucks fans, and if you followed anything that Giannis has said all season long and Bud all season long, is there is a calmness about him, Daz. There's something about the way he's come to peace with signing the extension. He's a father, right? He's got his long, long time running mate, Chris Middleton, there. He loves Bud's system. And Drew Holiday, to say he is melded in with that team's culture is an understatement. Now, Drew is locked in for the long term, right? Drew is a yeah. goddamn, he's a grown-up. He's like Malcolm Brogdon Sr. He felt Brogdon was the president. This guy is the hes the emperor. <laughs> so I, I'm not kidding. There's a calmness to that culture, Daz. They might not be good enough to win a title, but that is such a unified team um, that even Bucks fans are kind of taking on the persona. Again, those of us who pay attention of the team to like, you know what, if, if you're going to go down, they're going to go down fighting, they're going to go down fighting the right way, and you're going to love your guys if they lose the battle, right? And so that's where I think it's the big, big difference between, you know, swapping out blood So for, for, for Drew this year it was effectively the only major change this team made is all about culture, chemistry, and unity. So that's a really esoteric way to answer your question, Daz, but it's like, yeah, we'll be at peace because – the guys are at peace, right? Last year it was tumultuous. The loss to, to Toronto was was like this enormous opportunity loss. There was all kinds of second guessing. Last year was the the bungery of the bubble. So this year it's a completely different beast.
1: How come so the you Bucks...
0: you'll get past Miami? Fifty two percent. They are the the Bucks are probably Miami's bloody good, but there's, again, there's just this calm around the Bucs. There's no panic. Where last year, you, you one bad game sent us into a panic. You're like, oh, my God, now we're behind, and you got blood. So what are you going to do? like There was just 10 reasons to see failure. This year, if they they lose a game, like, well, you know, the, the, you just don't see the downs. The floor of this team isn't nearly as low as what I'm trying to say Daz. They're just not going to get knocked off their rocker into another orbit the way they got knocked off into another orbit in Toronto. just couldn't dig out of that, the mentality of missing shots and the mentality of watching them make shots. They just couldn't pull pull, pull themselves out of it. They couldn't pull themselves out of it last year watching Dragic hit shot after shot after shot. They just could not pull it together in the fourth quarter. They just didn't have the heart, the focus. That's what I think they have this year. Again, they may not be good enough to win a title, but this is a team that's gonna that, that's gonna have forty eight confident minutes every night. So that's what gives me more confidence than last year, is you're just not gonna get those five and six and seven minute dead zones like we had when you're trying to rely on, you know, uh, Well
1: that's and, and it feels children.
0: like the Bucks floor
1: is higher now. Maybe yeah. the ceiling's not as high as it was last year when they're at the absolute best. But their floor is high. They're not going to go through, and particularly their offensive floor. You know, they're not going to go through those periods where you go, "Are the Bucs going to score again in this game?" Like, you just you don't get that feeling anymore. I think
0: that's a great that, way to say it. That their ceiling thing. isn't like the Lakers or Brooklyn. That's for sure. But their floor is. I'd argue even higher than Phoenix's. Their floor is higher than Philly's. Like um, that—that's that, this team is that their range of outcomes is the other way to say it, yeah. Mm. Um, and oh, by the way, did you know they're the highest scoring team in the league this year in a league that gets all the conversation about Bradley Beal and Zach Levine and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and the New Jersey, or sorry, the Brooklyn Nets, the Bucks were the highest scoring team in the league quietly. So th- th- there's um, there's a resolve as also being underdogs, it's weird because we're suddenly underdogs. Um, but actually, more confident. So yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be by far and away the best first round series. It, it's going to be. Oh, I guess so. like, you could sell me on Phoenix if Phoenix can, can, play some D. But Bucks, yeah, Bucks heat Phoenix Lakers is reason to watch NBA basketball the next yeah. two weeks. I think
1: the final point on that. I, I just don't think Miami are going as well as they were last year. I think there's a number of players that just are not quite simply not playing as well. Yeah, you know, I don't think. Um, I mean, Robinson's still been good. Tyler Hero's played better recently, but overall this season he hasn't been as good. Dragic hasn't looked as good uh, throughout the season. Butler's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, with dollars not
0: looking great. But, and yeah,
1: the, the Ruiz are now playing big minutes, and they sort of past that um, Bam at the buyer's still been outstanding. But you know, I just I just get the sense they're not going quite as well as they were last year, and again. Getting them in the first round might be better for the for the Bucks in terms of um, they're not sort of able to play their way you know, in, into the sort of momentum that they had heading into the second round last year. So I, I like the Bucks there. I think it's going to be probably six game series, um, yeah, maybe even five, but a competitive five game yeah. series there. I I, I I tend to think that, but that certainly that and Lakers' phone is going to be the two best series. Um, of, of, although I think Hawks yeah. Knicks may end up being the closest of the first round series, but probably the least, um, the least meaningful if you like going forward. What's yeah? Your, so before we leave for the night, does what's your what's your sense in terms of uh, what's your, what's your finals prediction at the moment? Who who are you who are you
0: leaning towards? If you put all injuries aside, yeah. Um... I don't know how you pick against. We've been saying it since the first day. Like, you just can't bet against Brooklyn, even though the fact the guys have never played together, and you know Harden's got a does it's a weird hamstring, and this Kevin Durant playing on you know a ticking time ball on a bit of a leg. Like, it, they've got by far the highest ceiling Daz, don't they? But man, just, they're one injury away from that being, you know, from that team being very beatable. So. It's, just, it's almost impossible. I almost can't pin it down. I go, that's that's why I was a little surprised you didn't didn't enjoy the regular season as much because the parody I found quite interesting and this team's kind of ebbing and flowing. I found that quite quite enjoyable, to be honest. Just, yeah, but there
1: wasn't the, parody in the games. I mean, the amount of days I watched... Well, that's true. I sat down at lunchtime and said, all right, let's watch a game. Yeah, that's true. There was one day yeah. there, does honestly, there was 10 games going simultaneously. There wasn't one game within 20 points not one. And I just went, okay, well, I'm not going to waste my time watching any of these games. I mean, you know, and, and not to even get into whether it's a close game and how long the interim long yeah. the, the close games are. So, I, I get so what you're like, saying. I mean, in terms of parity across the league, in terms of records and things like that, it wasn't was like no
0: one No one believes in Milwaukee and Utah. Like, just no one believes it they haven't done it. Right? Similarly, no one really believes in Embiid and Simmons in the same way. They don't really believe Chris Paul can do this, right? So what you do is you default to what we know. Our little brains, all we know is Kevin Durant and and the Brooklyn Nets and LeBron James. It's it's all we know. So do you know what I mean? It's like Hmm. we just our our brains are really bad at forecasting and predicting the unpredictable. So that's why I'm 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 in the similar boat where I want to say you know, Utah Philly or Utah Milwaukee or you know, Phoenix Philly could make a finals but I just our our my brain's not wired that way. Like I just have no muscle memory. So, I'll say
1: this, whoever wins that Phoenix Lakers series wins the West.
0: Oh, okay, that's a take. Right? That's that, a take. That's you don't like you. you don't believe in the Clippers at all, do you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, that's my thought.
1: The That's Clippers, the, the team that ran around so saying, "We want to, we, we want to own LA, we want to own LA," and this was Bill Simmons' take, so I am stealing it straight And up they here. dodge them, and then dodged them. First chance they get, oh no, don't want play them, don't want play them. We will play them in the West Conference Finals. They are a joke. Take it to the bank. They're not winning. Can you imagine? They're not this winning shit. the
0: the The lack, the lack of profession- You talk about the lack of professionalism, the lack of heart lack of courage the lack of intestinal the lack of,
1: fortitude
0: the lack of yeah dare I even say ma- masculinity like just the lack of shame the no pride in your profession to quit and to lose to the two worst teams in the league on purpose to like avoid if you hear the
1: Lakers Who to avoid say, the Lakers
0: we want to own
1: mm-hmm. LA we want the Lakers
0: no you don't what a bunch of cowards I know what a, but they got Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins, Daz. You know, oh, that's of course, the, Des, yeah. yeah. Of course they do. So, um, so I've so, got I've got the winner.
1: of a Lakers Suns against the Nets. I, 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 but yeah. I could see that. I think the Bucks are. are I right said, I think the that's Bucks like, I'd, are I'd, right. The, there, no
0: one wants to play the Bucs. I'll tell you what. Of all the teams, right, nobody wants to play the Bucks because they are they are. Their defense isn't what it was. There's no question. But the Bucs can kind of do everything, just a little bit better than they could last year. Mm. And I tell you what, when you've got Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker and Giannis on the court, like, you've got yourself enough tough, smart defenders to make life just difficult enough, yeah, for a Brooklyn team. So, um, And Brooklyn has no nothing for Giannis. I just so feel that's I,
1: with the yeah. Bucks, they're a player short. And I think...
0: I agree. They're one playmaker. Carmen Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich for, Bogdanovich for De Vincenzo. That's, exactly. that's right.
1: Yeah. And that's yeah. The, you just go, that was it. And and the, obviously the front off, we don't want to rehash that. But that, that's going to be the key, though. I mean, if, if they get, and I've seen it over the years with the Spurs days, you get guys that you didn't expect. You know, Danny Green comes out. In 2013, or where the Spurs lost that series, but comes out and breaks the finals records for threes. Right, no one expected that. Gary Neal came out and was sh- and was on fire. The Bucks are going to need something like that, like a well, Bryn Forbes to come out and
0: just go. Bryn Forbes shot 45 percent on the season, Daz. Yeah, from and three, Bobby Portis 47. Exactly. percent.
1: Can these guys hang the enough season. defensively? to be out on court and I'll tell you what, if you're hitting 45% of your threes on a high volume it, it, it almost doesn't make Middleton it 41 M45 yep, yep. so the, we're, but can those guys hit shots in big games you know, yeah that's the question that's, that's the question and that's
0: what that's what's going to be answered. can they hit contested shots right that's the thing well they won't hit be contested, contested too much against Brooklyn so <laughs> can you just hit them? <laughs> it's very Touche. You know. So yeah, i kind of like I. I I'm think it's maybe it's just the fans. fact of it's just maybe it's the fact of being underdogs. There's enough variability on the Bucks. There's enough. Well, they had a big enough. target
1: on their. I didn't they? I mean, the last two two playoffs, you go in with the MVP, you have one seed. You've got a massive target on your chest. Everyone yeah. expects the Bucks to. The pressure. Yeah. Two years in a yeah. row, everyone was saying it was going to be Bucks um bucks warriors and then it was going to be bucks lakers and then all of a sudden uh you're out whereas this year everyone's saying that's going to be nets lakers and you know or net Sixers, and the bucks can just fly under the radar and um if janice comes out and uh, you know has his dirk digler moment in the second round as against these guys the you know like Harden's
0: faded in the playoffs before, <laughs> so we'll see. Just Giannis yeah, throws it down. Yeah. Look, well, I, I can. I can. I ask can Oh man, because he wind top. me up before the playoffs start. and I go, you can talk me into it. Yeah, because that's the other thing. The it's all going to be all the all the, the, the pressures that was on Bud. That's the thing. There's no pressure on the players. That's kind of the beauty and the curse of this team. Is that. You know, he can play Jeff Teague and he's been playing well. He can pull a rookie who scored like 38 points in the final game. You know, some kid called Jordan Wara you've never heard of. I can just light it up. He's the new Anthony Simons. Like, there's just, he's got the parts. He's got enough parts. Is will he, do you trust Bud to outcoach Spolstra? Well, hey, Pop's (laughs) free now. Pop's got a
1: lot of free time.
0: That's true. He might
1: glorify the system of the Buds.
0: Wouldn't that be funny? But anyway, I, I'm I'm looking forward to exactly what you're looking for. Bucks Heat, Suns Lakers. Hopefully they're on opposite days so we can just watch every single day for a couple of weeks those two series. Keep well, an so, eye, on perhaps the, the highlight reel from Julius Randall and Trey Young. Yeah, okay. um, push well, mute on luck. Luca and Kawhi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, good luck to the later in New York and, and bad luck um, to LA exactly and Dallas. What time does the, the Milwaukee stay. I think it's five a.m. You said so. You're setting the alarm.
0: Four a.m. Sydney 4 a. M. time. Oh. Yeah. What, yeah.
1: What Wednesday is that Sunday morning?
0: That's Sunday morning. So it's the first. They're playing the, the other bad thing, right? It's, the, it's another afternoon game, which is classic messing up NBA players' routines. Playing at bloody two in the afternoon. So hopefully the Heat play, hate that hate that schedule as much as the Bucks do. So it's like a two p.m game in the u.s and i think it's 4 a.m here something like that well, it's yeah. weird
1: that would be the game they go with the early game you'd think that would be yeah. the later game that they would yeah. have for the ratings but anyway, the anyway all right buddy again. all right mate thanks for that tonight so we'll, we'll catch up again then through that the playoffs and um hopefully okay, and we'll, we'll have plenty more positive to talk we'll about have some fun all right, all right buddy
0: mate.
1: good to talk Bye. take care pal
0: Cliff Levingston took the charge and there was no foul call.